<laughs> and we are live with our 98th episode of Absolute Absec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host Seth Law at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Uh, the world's burning down, so we have that, right? Um, but oh, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening to us today. Uh, Ken and I have a, a few topics to, to go on about today. Uh, I think the biggest thing is mark your calendars for June 24th. Uh, we'll have a form up this week to uh, register, I guess, for Midsummer Night's Con. All the registration, I think, is going to require at this point is a valid email address. So we can send you the link to join uh, you know, a bunch of talks from a bunch of interesting people. Uh, that's going to be, again, June 24th, Midsummer Night's Con, uh, and it will be on absoluteapsec.com within the next couple of days that we have the link up and the information about who's talking, what they're speaking about. We've got a really exciting lineup of, I think, eight or nine people, right, Ken? Yeah. Uh, each each talk's going to be very succinct, uh, 20 to 30 minutes at most, and delve into some interesting topic from that, from application security or security in general. So uh, we're ex excited to do that with Logical. And yeah, we'll, we'll just see how it goes, right? Yeah, it's going to start at 3.30 in the afternoon on June 24th. So okay. it will go until, I think, 9 or 9.30. Uh, <laughs> this is all, all these numbers are all Eastern Standard Time. Um, so yeah, just it will actually be part like, at night. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is the midsummer nights con, right? That was the whole idea. So, um, other than that, uh, Ken and I were just talking bug bounties a little bit <clears throat> because we're involved in bug bounty programs. Um, I, and I think Ken, do you just want to jump it straight into that or is there something else that you want to talk about today? Yeah. I mean, do you want to, uh, Obviously, yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, at some point, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna this one's gonna be all over the place just because we're gonna address like recent events as well and stuff like that. So um, we can dive into the bug bounty aspect stuff uh, right now if you'd like. Which, by the way, just so you know, we're keeping a rolling tally at GitHub, and um, we have seen an influx in submissions. Um, oh yeah, but not necessarily resulting in payouts. Uh, oh, really? we, we, we have paid out. I just mean like statistically, it's not, you know, everyone on that, that like triple amount of the submissions that we're getting. So, yeah. Cause I know I, we had that discussion last week about number of submissions versus like just over the, the quarantine period as, as more people are free quote unquote, right. Uh, to, to work on bug bounties and whether or not that was resulting in more, and more submissions. I, I know the couple of programs that I'm in uh, that are, or that I'm helping manage are private bounties or private programs. Um, so, like, I, you know, one of them was doing a, you know, a promotion in the month of May. So we saw an uptick there, but it wasn't necessarily because of, uh, yeah, it wasn't because of the of quarantine or social distancing. It was probably more a a direct result of inviting more researchers and, and paying out uh, bonuses. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting to, to hear that you're seeing more, but the quality isn't necessarily improved, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. I mean, the quality researchers are always submitting the same quality stuff, but uh, we got a handful of, well, more than a handful, probably a large, statistically large number in comparison to how many people have submitted who like that. It seems they, they might be pretty new to this. Um, and I think, I, I mean, we've kind of been talking about it every week, you know, just kind of like updating uh, where, where the trend is going and it's, it's pretty much the same right now. So people are still staying home and um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm sure it does. I mean, we've seen an influx during the whole virus. So, um, which I'm not sure. Are we still doing COVID now? I forget. <laughs> it's like, which, which thing is happening? You still there, Seth? Are you frozen or am I frozen? I think Seth dropped off again. Uh, it's going to be some dead air, I guess, while I wait for him. Um, I'm sure he'll hit me up here in a, an instant messenger in a second. Um, I know he was going to talk about some some bug bounty uh, stuff he's been going through, talking to researchers, uh, having to explain what the difference between a risk, uh, a vulnerability, and an exploit is. Hey, Seth, I was just uh, I was just kind of like uh, introing into what we were talking about before um, the podcast started, which was you saying that. Uh, you've been helping out with the bug bounty program and it's been a lot of trying to explain like the difference between being exploited and what an exploit is and like what a, a vulnerability is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, and Okay. I, I mean, this, a lot of it goes back to kind of nuances of um, a common one that people, well, researchers have been submitting lately has to do with, uh, Cipher suites that are being used for TLS connections, right? And I mean, it's one thing to know that a cipher suite or a hash in general is is exploitable, like theoretically exploitable. Right? Um, just because someone does a DefCon talk about how they can crack, you know, MD5, doesn't mean that in the real world that actually happens. Right? And I, like, I'm using MD5 as an example. Um, because, you know, years ago, Kaminsky, you know, you know, Dan gave all these talks about how MD5 was weak and how it could be attacked and there could be collisions with it. Um, but it took a good decade plus for us to actually see any of that in the wild. So while, while like the, the industry at large was migrating away from MD5 uh, because of those weaknesses, it didn't mean that it still didn't have uses and it still couldn't be used within a security context. And so uh, like the, the difficulty that I have is that, okay, there's, there's some of these attacks that have come out over the last, you know, five to 10 years against different cipher suites, different uh, protocols, and people go to DEF CON and they show that, Hey, if I can gather, you know, 200 gigs of data, then I can potentially, you know, uh, see some of that data as it transfers back and forth, right? Um, I'm like, that's great, right? But the conditions that exist around that make it very difficult to say, you know, like if you come to me as a as, as someone running a bug bounty and tell me that that's a medium high risk issue, 
because someone has to collect, you know, 100 gig of data from an application that at most generates the one to two meg of data in any given session. Uh, like, it, I'm just, like, you're, you're losing credibility as a researcher to me, right? Because you haven't necessarily done the research on what the what the real risks of a vulnerability are and what it takes to exploit that. Right? It's a lot easier. I granted, it's a lot easier to go show something like server side request forgery or cross site scripting or SQL injection because the the proof of concept that you build or in discovering that vulnerability is actually an exploit. But a proof of concept showing that a specific cipher suite is being used or a specific hash is being used within like a TLS negotiation is not the same thing as an exploit, right? To actually exploit that, you know, you, you, you have to gather, you know, however many gigs of data or however many sessions between the user and the backend in order to you know, reveal what the key is and get that information back out. So I have a really like, I'm just I'm just getting a little jaded, right, from the bug bounty management perspective. And I think anybody that runs but runs bug bounty, they all complain about the, you know, kind of the back and forth with the researchers at times, because it 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 doesn't seem to help, right? Like I I've actually put into um, responses to researchers uh, like, give me more information about how this is actually being exploited, and your in information can't be there was a DefCon talk on this a couple of years ago. Right, that, that, that's not a valid exploit of my my instance that's running in Azure of using this specific cipher, right? Um, and I don't know, like I know you guys run into that and I know you triage a lot of it, a, a lot of bug bounty stuff. So um, it's just that whole kind of nuance of what is an exploit? What is a proof of concept? If you're not going, if you're not willing to do the research and you're just looking for tool output and to spit it out my direction, I, I don't really want to see it, right? And uh, I don't know, like, yeah, what's your experience there, Ken? I know you guys see a lot more uh, reports than I do. Yeah. I know you've got like canned responses to things and you've probably got more triggers and stuff built up than some of the small prog programs that I'm helping with. Um, but how do you how do you deal with you know in general researchers that I don't know are obstinate I guess that's a good question um, I mean like I do try I think so on our team try not to like just say what I do because you know it's like what our whole team does so our whole team um, we try to be. Yeah, I mean, we did like we said. You do, we do have responses that are pretty in depth um, for known things, and um, we we can use those in our responses. Sometimes, though, like there's not a canned response, right? There's not like a nice lengthy discussion or ex explanation. So sometimes we have to, uh, yeah, manually um, write those up, and so we try to do our best to like. If it's not obvious spam, try to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah. But sometimes you'll have a thread that goes on and the researcher keeps arguing and keeps arguing. Um, and usually if that's, not usually, whenever that's the case, it's always somebody who is like, they don't really, they're not the best 
technically and not super experienced. And uh, yeah, it's, it's usually just people that are unreasonable um, that, that, that become a problem. And at that point, it's kind of like, you have a few choices. You can, you can lock the thread. You can not lock the thread, let them shout into the void. You can um, oftentimes they'll kind of shout into the void in, in the sense that they'll keep commenting on something that you've already like explained multiple times why it's not vulnerable. And uh, then they'll eventually ask for mediation between your bug bounty, bug bounty platform and uh, you know, the company and the researcher. And um, you know, very often uh, the hacker one can see the internal dialogue and discussions going on. Cause you have, you have internal, I'm saying hacker one, sorry, your bug bounty submission or your bug bounty pro- platform can see uh, communication going on. Cause there's a, there's internal, uh, dialogue and there's external dialogue, external dialogue being what everybody sees internal being what the, uh, what we talk about internally amongst ourselves. Um, so, you know, they can kind of see all of that info and, and get an idea of why we decided to do what we, what we did. And to my knowledge, I don't believe we've ever had any issues. Um, cause we, I mean, you've got a team of people that have been doing this for, I, I don't want to say doing this for so long because like that sounds like, oh, they're just automatically know what they're talking about. That's not true, but we've all um, we're all very experienced in the technologies that we're working in. So and we're familiar with our product. So, yeah, you no. Know, well, if and you've, that's, got, if you've that's, gotten rejected multiple times. It's for a reason. Yeah. And, and that's where I have the kind of the biggest hang up is um, like. <sighs> I don't know. Like we, we talk about this in the course all the time, right? How much time you and I spend doing information gathering, application profiling, figuring out how the application does what it does. And this goes for, you know, code review. This goes for any assessments. This goes for bug bounty research. If I dive into, you know, a program itself, like I, and I, and I realize sometimes there's kind of a race to, you know, Hey, we found something with a tool. I want to be the first report it because I want to get paid. I get that. But if I respond with a, hey, that's not how this application works, and am trying to coach you along in this is how it works, go find other stuff instead, because it looks like you've stumbled onto something. Don't take that and run with it instead of arguing with me about you know one low or medium risk issue behind, you know, behind the scenes that I'm willing. It, like honestly, like most of the organizations that I work with are willing to pay out like GitHub for interesting research that spurs discussion, especially among the security team, right? As far as, hey, was this a good decision that we made? Is this really a vulnerability, right? Even if it doesn't result in a you know high risk finding, we'll typically throw some amount at you that, you know, that basically says, hey, kudos, you know, there's something here. Why don't you keep tracing it down? Um, but the lack of kind of initiative that I get from the bug bounty, you know, side of things where they just want to run a simple script, dump the output and have me pay them is it's borderline ridiculous at times. Right. Um, and and, yeah. and part of that's that I, I, I know that part of that is just the maturity of the bug bounty program that we're dealing with and uh, the level of it, and it's just a small one. And so, you know, we're not, we don't necessarily have that same kind of like top tier researcher that's that's jumping into those programs. Um, 
because it isn't the same big name as a GitHub or as a you know Google or something like that. Um, but then I also don't have to wade through all of the other reports that come in. So it's this it's this weird balance. So yeah, we're gonna mix too. I don't know if Qual Qualis is giving away like some free license or something, but we've we've gotten a lot of scans from Qual like a lot of scan output from Qualis. Especially like the one where rail sessions are detected, like client side sessions. And so they like, they flag it because they're like, if you have a known key, like say you used, let's say if you were missing an environment variable, you fell back to um, some like key like test or yeah. dev or, or something a null like that. string or something like that. Yeah. They've got um, easy checks built into Qualys but it doesn't, you need to confirm that it's actually exploitable and people don't do that second step. So they'll just send it over the wall being like, oh yeah, you definitely are vulnerable. And it's like, go and look at the application, run Metasploit, all that stuff. Um, and it's not vulnerable. So hmm. yeah, man, I don't know. I'm having a, I'm having a hard time right now. Just focus on anything. I'll be honest with you. I haven't really cared about anything technical for about the last, I don't know, week or so. Um, it's been really hard to focus at work. Uh, even talking about bug bounties, I'm just sitting here like, man, world's in chaos and I don't really care. You know, I mean, I, I, I care, but, you know, it's just like we're in a weird time, man, and some fucked up shit's going on. And uh, yeah. it's a little hard to just be like, OK, I'm going to go about my nine to five. And, you know, realistically, I always tell like when I've had this conversation in the past when things have been a little crazy, I'm always like, just focus on what you can control. Um, but it's a little hard when like last night I thought we might, I might wake up and we're in martial law. Um, it's a little, it's a little bit of a weird time. Um, it's pretty hard to, I mean, I'm curious how people are, are doing their jobs right now. I know a lot of us are still, I mean, I'm always remote, but there are people that they're still not going to the office. Um, they're working from home still. So, uh, you know, they're alone and they're dealing with like trying to get their jobs done and then. Uh, all the craziness going on. And I'm curious how everybody else is sort of, uh, um, you know, hanging in there. Like, I'm curious, how are, okay. how are you like functioning? I mean, you, you have to, you don't have a choice. You have a business to run um, yeah. with people that depend on you to pay bills. And uh, yeah. So I'm curious how you're someone in your situation where you don't have really a choice, but to press forward. Like how, how does that, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I do feel like my nine to five hasn't changed too much, right? Um, outside of it, it is hard to stay focused. Um, I mean, it, it was like it was already you know difficult with everybody else, like the the business world in general, all moving remote, right? So there's a lot more kind of these Zoom calls and everything else that's going on. So I'm supporting a lot more kind of in-person like communications than I normally would. A lot of that would get pushed off to email and people wouldn't be as inclined to have a Zoom call or something else. And so, you know, that in general, on top of, you know, tracking COVID cases and how's like our county doing, um, like, you know, I've got friends that work at the local hospital where they've had cases, you know, stuff like that, um, that, that kind of pull you out of it, um, have been, have made it difficult to stay focused just, you know, during working hours. Um, and actually like, I, I think I've actually, it's, it's been 
better for me. Like personally, I, I've, I've just had to turn off like compute, like any work style stuff after hours. Um, And it's actually been easier to turn that off because I'm more concerned about, Hey, what else is going on? You know, watching some of the, the riots and things going on last night, even, even here in Salt Lake city, right. You know, as the, you know, they've got a curfew in effect and they're pushing the rioters down, you know, down the street and things are escalating and they're, trying not to, you know, just watching that whole craziness happen. The last thing on my mind is, oh, crap, I got to, you know, I got to step in and look at this code, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I, I, I I was, I was telling you, man, I was driving, um, uh, like I wasn't aware of the, because you've been to where I live. It's very suburban. It's very suburban. It's very like, like out there. And um, it's not like, yeah, we're, we're just far away from DC. Um, and so I went to go get dinner for my son and I, and, um, uh, we, yeah. So like long story short, we got pulled off. So first of all, everything was closed and I didn't really understand why. And then there were uh, cops everywhere and then the road starting getting blocked. And next thing I know, there's people in the streets. Um, they blocked the main, like, Linton Hall, like, you know, main road, they blocked that off. They're walking in the middle of it. Um, so, uh, so like that came out of nowhere. Luckily, um, it was, it was peaceful. And, um, to be clear, like for those watching the podcast, obviously we stand in solidarity, um, for George Floyd and his family, no question there. Um, totally in support of protests. Um, yeah, just want to get that out of the way right right away. But it was like uh so the roads were blocked off and um uh so we I like had to like find some back roads to get home and and had to like find a grocery had to drive a ways to find a grocery store that was even open like in a different neighboring town and then circle back through back roads to get home. Get home, you know, make dinner everything like that. Um and then uh you know, Trump came on and man, by the end of his like speech where he's mentioning, and by the way, I know we don't normally get political on the podcast, but I don't think there's any chance that you can't get a little, this isn't, I don't think, I don't, this doesn't feel like politics anymore. This feels like, this feels like this is our lives. Like we got to deal with this. We got to talk about it. Um, yeah. it, it feels different. And um, yeah, I don't know if everybody feels that maybe it's just, maybe it's just me, but I, I think it feels different for, for a lot of people. And um, anyways, I don't know. I'm not rambling, but yeah. So long, long story short, then Trump gave his speech. I, I thought, man, what are the odds we wake up with like soldiers in our front yard tomorrow and we're under martial law. So I know that sounds like kind of ex- like, like, Oh, like, why would you go that far? But after watching that last night, it was like, whew. And so it's been, it's just been a hard time to get things. It's been hard to work. It's been hard to like care about technology. It's been hard to read blogs and it's been hard to just do anything other than like focus on uh, the current shit show that we're all dealing with, to be honest, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you think about uh, the different Slack channels that we're in and the people that we, we know and where they live. Um, and, you know, they're, they're posting that, you know, some of that's going on right out outside their apartments. Right. And outside their homes. And I, yeah. Yeah. And then it, 
you know, anything that's on Twitter, like InfoSec Twitter has not been about InfoSec for the last week. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of research and some stuff thrown in there and all the promoted tweets from the businesses, but the rest of it is realistically crap. How, how are people staying safe? Right. And how are you, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a fun time to be a parent. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. And that was it. Like last night, you know, watching some of that on the news and what, what do you do with your seven year old? Right. Um, how do you explain what's going on and why people are angry? Cause I, like, honestly, it's it, that, that sort of behavior is definitely a learned, a learned thing, right? Like having taken the kids, the boys all over the world, you know, they just see yeah. someone else, right? It's just another person, you know, we've dealt with all sorts of, you know, races and religions and everything else over the last year. Right. And, right. And, and so trying to explain to them, okay, well, some people don't like some other people and bad things happen. And now, and now everyone's angry and we're trying to protest. And yet like police are supposed to be people that are free or are good to you and people are, and they are, but there are bad people everywhere. You know, this whole good versus I don't know, man. I just, I, I know, man. I tried explaining it. Uh, I, yeah, I basically, I basically told, um, so when I was explaining it, I was basically, <laughs> I was like, Hey man, first of all, you know, I, I was very realistic with my, with Max and, you know, I, yeah. I told him the truth, you know, I told him the truth of, of what happened, you know? And, uh, cause I, I, I mean, I didn't get into the graphic details, but I was like, you know, uh, a man was murdered. And I mean, yeah. let's be honest, that's what it was. It was nothing else but murder. Um, and, you know, I think it's part, and I explained that it's like some, some people don't like other people for like superficial dumb reasons. And it's, it's silly. And obviously we don't think like that. And, uh, but um, yeah, I was just kind of like, Hey, people are upset about a lot of things right now. Um, and what I told him and which I think is actually like really true is that, um, life has gotten, uh, better over Like if you look, if you, I think even if you look objectively between now and 300 years ago, things are better. However, there are still problems. And that's what I explained to him is like, no matter how good you feel it is there, uh, there are probably people that don't feel that way. You know, like if your life is really great, that's great, but not everybody feels that way. Um, and like they're upset for valid reasons and they want to improve things. And no matter, you know, no matter what, it's always good to like improve things. And that's, that's how I kind of tried to frame it was like, there are things that are happening that are not right. People are upset about it and they want to improve the situation. And even though things are pretty good and your life is going to continue to be pretty good, um, people will, you know, that's just you. And not everybody's got that and people will continually want to just improve things. And I don't know if any of what I just said is coherent, but it sounded great when I was explaining to you a seven year old. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like well, yeah, I, I, it is I, a weird I mean, time, man. You have to explain these things and it's, it's fine. Like it's part of your job as a parent is to explain these things, but it's, it's it, to, to, to do it, to do it in a sensitive way that kind of captures all the nuances is very difficult, you know, for a seven year old. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the world is complex, right? And the, right. the fact that there's no true black and white and, you know, it's all just shades of gray. Um, I don't know, but there was like a distinct difference. I, like I'm thinking back to Saturday and, you know, watching, you know, SpaceX and that launch that happened and feeling like, oh man, this is awesome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like look at we, what we can accomplish from an engineering perspective and explaining, you know, how we have to launch and, you know, the whole, like, you know, people are amazing, the things that we can accomplish to crap, like look at what's going on in the strife and, you know, both sides are trying to, well, I don't know if you want to say both sides because you've got situations where, you know, the police are kneeling down and they're protesting along with the protesters. And then you've got others that are militarizing things and, like just that like difference between, Hey, people are awesome to, you know, people don't understand each other and aren't willing to try and understand each other is, is such a, I don't know. It's hard to reconcile for me as an adult, like that, you know, trying to explain that to a young child is, is, is difficult. Right. And then have them feel okay about sleeping a night or, you know, not being worried that, again, martial law is going to show up the next morning. Um, yeah, I left that part out of the discussion. Yeah. The hard thing, too, is like, man, let's be honest. You and I don't know what it's like to be on the no. side of the coin where we're, you know, we're not minorities. We're not, we're not like. Of no, I'm, certain, not, I, I'm, I'm not, been, not afraid to go for a run at, you know, nine o'clock at night at dusk. Right. Um, and. You know, if I do yeah. that, you know, the little old lady says hi to me, right? And we exactly. wave and smile, right? And yeah, I, like I can just understand, hey, guess what? If you walk out and everyone assumes you're a threat, yeah, I, I don't know how, I don't know how that would be to live, right? I don't, right? That the whole kind of white privilege discussion. I'll tell you. Oh, wait, crap. You're paused again. Hold on. Um, hmm. I'm going to wait for you to unpause. My unpaused yet? Yeah, just a little, probably Comcast. We can blame Comcast for the issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, sorry, you were saying. No, I was just, I, like, I was just saying that. that, that Nobody like, thinks you're a threat when you're out at night. Nobody, like. No. No. Looks at you like no, you're no dangerous. Yeah. Although with coronavirus, <laughs> I always yeah. feel like I was getting looks when, uh, even with a mask on, like when I was near people, they're just like, "Whoa, what guy? Whoa, watch, watch out with your air that you're breathing near me." You know. So. Um, yeah. Which I, I, I guess it's weird how quickly that got like quiet. By the way, but there's a lot of other things I understand going on for sure, but it has been oddly quiet on that front, but. Anyways, yeah. This is the other thing. I'm not going to lie, man. It's hard not to spin down the road of conspiracy theory. And like, even that term, like how do you discredit people that might have some truth in what they're, in the scenarios they're trying to project, right? You discredit it by calling it a conspiracy theory. And then it's like, oh, this person's just off their rocker. Look at the crazy person. But it's like, Man, when your president's, you know, invoking terms like God and righteousness to then also say stuff like, 
I'm going to have thousands and thousands upon heavily armed troops in the streets. It's kind of hard to not go down that road, man. It's hard. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't see anybody even watching the podcast today. Uh, the numbers yeah. aren't super high, and I don't care. You know, honestly, this is, this is more, I'm not going to lie, Seth. This is more for you and I, I need, <laughs> I need to just vent a little today. Um, nope, that's fine. <laughs> whatever. Um, so yeah, man, like it's just, it's like, that's, that's a hard road to not go down for, for me, maybe, maybe not for everybody else, but for me right now, it's a little, I'm just like, like trying to see like things are getting weird and I just I'm like, what's going on here? And I think it's a good thing. Like to be clear, like there things, things have not been right in a long time. Right. Things have been pretty good again, objectively from when you compare it to 300 years ago, but things need to improve in a lot of different ways. And I think everybody's also like, this is, I don't, again, whatever, we're just going to go down this road today. Uh, there is definitely some injustices that are being, um, identified, but, uh, I think there's other things too, that like, for instance, part of, part of like this whole thing is that the system's broken, but like, you don't hear a lot of people talking about prison reform and prisons are horrible, man. They're like inhumane as hell. And that should be something I think addressed as well while we're at it, because it's not for, it's not for reforming criminals, right? It's, it's not for for it's, it's like inhumane punishment. And so that's another thing that I think hopefully maybe that gets addressed during, during this. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, anyways, again, I'll just all over the place, but like, yeah, it's just been a crazy time, man. And so I think some of my coworkers are um, like doing a pretty good job of, you know, straddling that line between, Hey, the world's on fire and like, we have a job to do. Um, you know, me, I, I'm, I'm doing my best. That's what yeah. I can say. Yeah. And honestly, like my, my own coping mechanisms, right? Like being able to go out for a run or do something active and then like concentrate on work for a little bit has definitely helped, but I do have to turn off, uh, you know, I, I do have to do, turn off news. I do have to just step away and like close Twitter um, because I get distracted so easily. Right. By, Oh crap. What now? Right. Like what's, what, what next? Um, I, I mean, I know everybody jokes about like 2020 being just, just this crazy shit show, but it definitely is right. Like, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, it is. It's just like, it feels like it just keeps escalating and there's something else that pops up there. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The other thing that's been interesting to watch though, like going back to um, yeah, the, to, to the riots and the, well, the protests, I guess we should just call them, um, has been watching some of the protests and the solidarity from like Europe and other places. Right. Um, Cause like, it, it's always felt like this is a, this is a very kind of American, like U S problem that we have uh, the way that like, yeah, and, and I know that racism exists everywhere in the world. It's not just here, but like the history of slavery and everything else that goes into it here, um, there's definitely that black backlash and, and things just haven't changed, right? Uh, the privilege that we have as, as white males is just, you know, it it is what it is, but it's it's definitely an issue that that needs to be addressed somehow. 
but it's going to take systemic changes, like you're saying, like prison reform, uh, things as simple as, you know, like the loan, like mortgage loans to people needs to be without like race, racial tendencies, um, all that that needs to, you know, it's, it's the whole system that that's, that's caused these problems. And so it's been interesting to watch the, the protests that have occurred in the UK and Germany and, other, you know, Paris and other places that are basically like, holy crap, what's going on in the US, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just. Well, I mean, you know, like, that's the thing is we're, 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 we're not so landmass and population and then just uh, diversity. And then also our borders being bordered by Canada and Mexico. I say all that because um, our, our composition is much different from uh, like a lot of the countries, which are really the size of States over in Europe, right? Like that's, let's be realistic, very different. But I do think that like what happens here in this, like, big kind of model of things that can happen. Um, you see on much smaller scales everywhere, like you said. So what happens here is likely to happen somewhere else, just in a different way on a different scale. So it's, we're a good thing for them to watch because racism does exist. And interestingly enough, like uh, it's not, it's not just like of color racism as well. I mean, there's like, again, going back to countries, overseas there's like there's issues between neighboring countries and so people that look similar are frowned upon just because of being from a different place that is also racism it's um but it's like i said it's on a different scale it's on a smaller scale um so yeah like obviously everyone obviously everyone who's got a functioning normal brain can't tolerate it uh hates it but you know we unfortunately still have uh yeah, it still out happens. There. Yeah, yeah, it still happens. And like the thing is too is, uh, it, like it with that with that officer. It's it's weird because it's like, all right. So you know, I do jujitsu. I'm I'm not saying that like I'm, you know, I've only been doing it for like over two and a half years, somewhere between two and a half three years. Uh, and just from like a technical standpoint, what the fuck was he doing? Like, I mean, putting his knee on that guy's neck, it's like, what, what were you thinking? Like what, uh, man, like he wasn't thinking he wasn't showing any kind of compassion. That's, that's obvious. Um, but really like it, it's, it's like, it's either, man, it's either like this guy's super dumb and like, uh, whoever trained him is just a total asshole. Uh, you know, I don't, I, or it's also, or it could all also be all of that. Plus, you know, just like malicious intent, but either way, just from like a pure, just analyzing it from a pure, like technical standpoint, nobody puts a knee on a neck. Do you know what that like entails? Especially if your body's at a certain angle, it's, it's just like, it becomes an issue where it's, it's, it's not just like, you're not getting blood flow here or air here. It's like you're <laughs> when your body is um, compressed and you, you can't, it, it causes asphyxi- asphyxiation. It causes a lot, you, your, your lungs can't compress. Yeah. So what he was doing, I have no idea. Like, um, I mean, obviously that's an understatement of the, the century, but yeah, it's just like, man, there's so many facets to all of this. And, um, 
But I do like to see that people, one of my favorite things about this whole thing though, I'll say silver lining is that people are um, showing that, you know, they're not just going to be com- complacent and sit back and just like seek convenience and comfort over like what's right. And I love that. That's the one thing I do yeah. love. I mean, I think, I think yeah. out of all, I love that, that our country yeah. is saying, no, we we're, we're not going to tolerate this. And that's where I like, I don't, like, I don't necessarily want to call it like I was, I was going back to, I think it's not a riot. You know what I mean? Like most of right. what I've seen has been very peaceful protests. People saying like, this is not okay anymore. Right. Uh-huh. And like, but then it all goes back to kind of this militarization of the police as well and how uh, they yeah, respond man. to this. Um, and so like we're escalating when that there really needs to be no escalation. Um, yeah. And that, that's, that's the crazy part is what, that's why I got freaked out watching him last night. So I'm like, yeah. man, like, uh, yeah, there were, there were a couple businesses that definitely got some, some damage, but not, not, not nothing. We're talking just very minimal damage, but most of what I've seen locally, and there have been a lot of protests where I live, which, you know, like that's, yeah. man, I'm proud of everybody. Awesome. Yeah. But, um, it's been majority has been peaceful. So to hear him come out and be like, it felt like, you know what it felt like? It felt like a big damn baby being like, I didn't like y'all coming where I live to do this. And now here, there's going to be tons of troops. And, you know, uh, that that's what it felt like. And, and it felt like an overreaction, like, I think is what you're saying. Where it's, yeah. it's, this, it's, the, it's, the, the, it's so fucking ironic because it's like the, the, the thing that people are mad about or a couple things, obviously we've talked about race, but the other one is like the big one, another big, another big one. Both are equally uh, scary are, is the militarization of police. I mean, I think Daniel Meisler said it well when he was like, you know, you're, you're dressing 20 something year olds in Navy SEAL attire. You're going to attract the wrong people. And I completely agree. Like these aren't soldiers. These are, these are law enforcement officials. And, but yeah, so so anyways, (laughs) again, another tangent. To, yeah, you're right. To, to to go off and say like it's just ironic to be like, oh, because you're upset about militarization, I'm going to militarize t- heavily against you. And yeah. That's what it felt like. Not for you, against you. I, against you. Yeah. And I don't know. So it's but then like it also makes me like the, the initial kind of like protests that that came about. They were trying to do them peacefully, and I like I on both sides. Like I always feel like there's kind of assholes that come out trying to take advantage of the situation, right? So you'll see people jump in and do like, you know, just rampant destruction just because they want to do like they, you know, I don't know if it's just something about being at night in a large crowd. Hey, we're going to tip over a cop card. Like this will be fun, right? Like, or something like that, right? That's what happened in, in Salt Lake City. And as they're showing it, I'm like, man, those the, the people that were there that were, engaged in those activities weren't necessarily like they were not the same people that were protesting peacefully. Right. It just seemed like they were taking advantage of that situation to go and, you know, mess some shit up. Right. And, and that's the frustrating thing to watch, watch because of course, like that's where you want the police to step in and be like, guys, right. Like, yeah, go hold your signs, protest, take your knee. That's, that's great. But the second that you start to destroy property, the second that you start to, um, like you're escalating, uh, the police should try to de-escalate that. They shouldn't try to like take that further to the next step. And most, you know, to their credit, most police 
departments, that's that's the tact that they are taking is they're just trying to maintain some semblance of order and peace and allow people to protest in the in an appropriate you know in an appropriate manner. So I yeah. don't know, maybe you know, maybe we're stepping in it by you know bringing it up too much, but it's been a. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to avoid it, man. And like, yeah, it is. It's it like, is. I, yes, I want to get back to the days of talking about SSRF and talking about <laughs> new cool web app request smuggling stuff. And yeah, like I want to talk about all that, but it's like we're in a weird time. And I think it's on, it's, uh, yeah, it's not something I've seen it to this level before. And, and I don't mean just like the protests, I just mean like everything's sort of, uh, it's like at a boiling point, I think, tension-wise. I just feel tension everywhere I go be- amongst people, between people. Um, and that's um, it's pretty disheartening, but, um, you know, I think the positives are, look, change is never easy, um, but, it, I mean, obviously we need change. So uh, if, it, if it's going to be through, if it, if it means some discomforts and some, you know, territory you haven't been in yet, that's what's gonna that's what that's what's uh well personally haven't been it not as like a society just like personally yeah that's that's what it's gonna take but yeah i don't know i don't know where it's gonna go man it's pretty weird it's a pretty weird time yeah it is this Uh, i don't know like yeah yeah i mean and then and then on top of that with all the coronavirus like covid stuff that's still going on and you watching case counts and they continue to go up and people continue to die right it's like it's almost like the the protests uh, like can can be an agent for that to spread even further because the coronavirus virus doesn't give a shit, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't like, care about oh, politics. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's like oh, people are together. We're just gonna you know spread that around just like we did during the you know everybody in Florida partying it up, right? That's the the same sort of social or in the Ozarks happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you fully expect case counts to to go up there as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And it just feels like all of these different threads are leading somewhere. But where does that lead, right? Um, to complete change, to, uh, yeah. I yeah, I think that's what everyone's wondering right now. So, I mean, it's it's uh, from like a productivity standpoint. I, I, did, I, I will say I have done taken, taken sort of what you're saying, uh, like, during the day, I do try to pretty much focus not on news at all and just focus on what I've got to get done, which is, you know, some, some days a decent amount keeps me pretty busy. Um, and that's like a, it's almost like a welcome distraction from yeah. some of the stuff. But then like, yeah, obviously it's just, it seeps in eventually. And so it's just been kind of a, it's, it's just a weird command because everybody's stuck at home. Everybody's like disconnected from each other socially. And then on top of that, you've got uh, this stuff going on and it can make you feel a little crazy. And anyways, that's, that's kind of like why I want to just talk about it today because I'm like, man, it's, I, I don't even, it's, I don't, I'm not, I can't make, I can't put myself there to talk about technical stuff right now. It's just, I can't, I just can't do it. And if people don't like uh, this episode, that's fine. I totally understand. Um, we'll, we'll get back to it. Maybe we'll get back right? to it. Yeah. We'll get back to it. But it's, I mean, I think it, I think it's, it's, it would be, it would be a little obtuse to, to just be like, episode. yeah. To, oh yeah, to yeah. Not recognize it. Yeah. It's just yeah. leading up to our hundredth episode that Ken's going to declare his candidacy, right? Like, 
I don't have any answers, man. Could you imagine the next person who's like looking at becoming president and just being like, not worth it. <laughs> oh, I don't want to inherit this yeah. shit show. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I, I do feel like, I mean, I do feel insulated from a lot of it, right? Like we are in the tech industry and right. Like, I mean, I, I am as busy as I've ever been from a, like, from a strict, like contract perspective and business perspective and, you know, you know, clients and everything, everyone that's coming to me for, or coming to, you know, the, to red point for assessments, assessments, thread modeling, whatever, thread modeling, all that training, kind of stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to like balance that at the same time, but it's like, I do feel, you know, blessed or fortunate to still have something to do, right? Like it would be extremely difficult like to not have any work. And then this is, this kind of shit's going on, right? What, what do you do? Um, yeah. Outside yeah, of sit there really... and watch the news, you're, you're, you know, like you, your propaganda of choice and get angry at the other side. Cause that seems to be what happens, right? You look at, at, Facebook, you look at Twitter, like any of the social media, there's no discourse there, right? No, yeah. It's just like a whole bunch of name calling on either side and no one's willing to listen to anyone else's viewpoint. Yeah. Well, and one thing we can, uh, the one thing I think we can do and like we should, you know, if, if for anybody who actually has watched this episode and follows along, if you have some like good um, donation links, uh, send it our way, we'll vet them and we can post them from our like Twitter account or something like that. Um, Cause I know there are, there's some donations going around, but I want to make sure we, if we're promoting a donation link that it's like, it's legit. It's not, you know, that it's okay. It's not yeah. gonna be some sort of funny scam or whatever bad cause. Yeah, scam yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, so I think that's pretty much what, what we can do. Um but yeah, I mean there's that we've talked a lot about like the negative aspects, but I am I I am very happy that like um well this is the other thing too, is I saw some, for amongst the protesters, there were a lot of young um there were a, there were a lot of young people um all different races, but age-wise, there were a lot of younger people. That made me feel really good, though, uh, or it made me really feel great about and optimistic about our future. It's clear that the next generations are sick of the same old stuff and want and, and want things to change. And I think it's like that's really promising. You see, you're seeing you're seeing young young people with more empathy, with more compassion, with more awareness with less um less focus on uh money and things and more focus on social issues and um you know just sort of like uh yeah wanting wanting to change things wanting to improve things uh the you know lots of big topics such as like anywhere from anywhere from this to like the environment to um our food supply chain. I've seen all kinds of things that people are paying attention to now, especially young people that I feel like are going to bring a lot of awareness and, and change things positively. So this, this, there is a silver lining. I feel like to all of this is, uh, but yeah, it's stressful right now when you have 
when you've got to have a job that you've got to, you got to do things and you, you have to like, you've got kids that you have to like, um, now homeschool because the schools are closed and then also explain to them what's going on and why they can't see their friends and why like we can't go just get dinner and I got to drive a couple towns away to go get like a meal for the night and take back yeah. rest to get home. And, and it's just like, yes, all this stuff sucks and it's stressful, but I think that the lo- the long term of it is improvements in our society. And I think that the people driving that are, are the next generations and it's, it's very nice to see. Yeah, it definitely is. Right. And um, I mean, you know, on the podcast, like we, you know, we talk about the kids, right. And I do have like my daughter is 17 now, right. She'll be, she'll be a senior this next year or going to college in a couple of years. Um, but Man, how time like, flies. I know. And then, it, but the, like this big a second ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just wait. It happens really fast. Yeah. Um, but her like level of understanding and then like also her compassion for people like in disadvantaged situations. Right. Like I, I know at that age, I just had no clue. Right. And, you know, she's definitely, and her peer group is definitely more attuned to injustice. And, and, and I think that's a direct result of, of these sorts of protests of the discussions that are going on of black lives matter of, you know, climate change, you know, science that's coming out of, you know, of, of actually just like engaging with the world rather than being so focused on themselves. Um, and so like th- there is a, there is promise there, like you're saying, like, I, I think there is hope to it that, you know, things will continue to get better and that's all we can really go for. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, the past sucks, right. It does, but we know better now. So we do better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that there's, <laughs> there's a lot of hope there. Um, it, 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 and it's kind of funny cause you had mentioned it earlier, but, um, not, and obviously not everybody can do this, but because you and I train people internationally, we tend to bring our kids along and that's on purpose. That's to like give the concept of being a global citizen is an important one to me, I think, and to you yeah. as well, which is to understand that the world's pretty big. And, um, you know, it, just cause you, you're, you live in one country doesn't mean that, you know, you, you shouldn't be knowledgeable and involved globally in, in, in all of the things that go on, um, in the sense of just being aware and like understanding, you know, Hey, we do things, here in this way, but it's okay to do it a different way in a different place. And just those sort of like understanding differences and um, giving that perspective of like, Oh, so these people believe in this religion and they have these customs and these traditions. And that's cool. That's really awesome. We should embrace that. And these people do it differently over here and that's fine too. Like, I think there's a lot of value in that. And I, I mean, you and I bringing the kids along on these, these trips, I I've definitely seen, like Max's um, maturity level has every time we go on one of those trips increases quite a bit just from, yeah, I don't know. There's something yeah, to it, man. seeing something else. Yeah. Seeing something else and actually like realizing that, that, that the little bubble, like it's really easy to live in your little bubble, right? Right. In general, you know, you go, you know, you go to school, you see the same people that you see, you like go to the grocery store, you go to the gym and then you go back home and sleep and you do it all over again. Um, and I mean, that's one of the things that's been hard from like the whole social distancing, quarantining things, 
you know, is the, the travel aspect because you get addicted to it, right? Like it's, right. Hey, I'm always looking forward to, Hey, what, what's the next trip? Where is it that I'm going to go experience something else that's new and that I haven't seen before. Right. But uh, exposing kids or anyone to that um, actually helps with a, with an empathy, uh, per, you know, from an empathetic perspective or an empathy perspective, right? Like being able to understand that my, my viewpoint and the people that I live with, you know, just cause we do it one way doesn't mean that someone else doing it another way is wrong. Right. There's, you know, there's a myriad of aspects to your life and to your situation. And if you were raised in that situation, you'd probably do it. You know, you'd probably treat it the same way that they do and realizing that you're not necessarily special um, mm. is, is a good thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's entirely too much of that, that we all think that we're special and I don't know, like everyone deserves a trophy, right. That, that whole aspect of guess what? I, I know that I suck at a whole bunch of stuff, um, but I'll, I'll still do my best if you ask me to do it. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's so we're um, all over the place today, right? Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely an aspect of like uh there's billions of people on earth and uh and that, I tell Max all the time I'm like, "Hey man, you're special to me." And that's where I leave it because I'm like, "Yeah, you're special to me." Yep. Um but there are billions of us and uh <laughs> we one person isn't more important than another and that's like you know, hard to Hard to, uh, it's all right. It's just this, so many nuances to this entire discussion, by the way. And, yeah. uh, like, and I, I mean, I will get back on track next week, but you know, if anyone, like I said, if anyone didn't like this episode, um, you Sorry. know, I understand, but We're it's really not, not for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand, <laughs> but it doesn't like make me feel any other way than, Hey, this podcast was always supposed to be just us kind of talking about what we want to talk about. So. It is what it is, you know, and right now I don't really feel like talking about tech. I think there's too many issues going on and too many things that are, you know, I was hoping that we would get some feedback from viewers on like, granted, we didn't publicize this, this episode at all. Uh, we just kind of went live. <laughs> I was hoping and maybe people will tweet or go into the Slack channel and leave or on YouTube, leave comments. I mean, one way or the other, um, I'm always up for civil discourse. Um, but, uh, you know, like maybe people will let us know how they've been coping with um, current events and, you know, still getting their job done um, and still living their life. And uh, maybe that helps somebody else who happens to scroll by those comments and takes a look and says, you know what, uh, I'm going to maybe they learn something from your from your approach. So if you're if you are listening, feel free to post some comments about it um, in Slack, on YouTube, wherever you want you want to post about it. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Right. You know, I think it's all, it's all useful. Um, and I still think, you know, stuff like the virtual happy hours that are going on or the, you know, the virtual discussions that we have with yeah. people that were, that we would normally see face to face, but we're not right now. I think that all helps. Um, but, but you know that this is the main topic that's good. That's running right now. Um, Cause you yeah. know, Society's a little unbalanced at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It's a little <laughs> to weird. say the least, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, 
I have hope, um, but it, it, it is a just it is a big, it's a big uh, it's a big one right now. So um, yeah, like so. Getting back to some thoughts on like other stuff. Um, you mentioned Midsummer's Night. That's June twenty fourth. Um, that's going to be. Uh, those are handcrafted, like handpicked talks for that. So we've got some really cool speakers. Um, I don't want to like drop their names yet. Um, yeah. I want to, we both, you and I, and Stefan Edwards um, and InfoSec Canon, uh, mm-hmm. Heather, uh, we want to sort of, uh, um, wait, is it? No, it's InfoSec Anon. I'm an idiot. Heather Lawrence. Anyways, um, so the four of us are working to um, get a code of conduct together, put a page up um, describing the talks. Um, we already personally reached out to the speakers to get confirmation. So all that stuff's coming up soon, like you said, Seth, in the next week. Um, and it's going to be like very, uh, like one of the talks is uh, very much focused on building a good CSP for instance. And like, these are meant to be really practical, helpful talks. So, um, I feel like it's going to be really cool for a virtual happy hour. Um, if we end up doing one of those this week, Seth, just, uh, if we want to do one this week or next week, let's just start um, promoting it soon. Um, dude, like just even this hour of us talking, let alone a virtual happy hour, those things are really helpful when you're stuck at home and dealing with dealing with uh, <laughs> society at large society yeah. maybe collapsing <laughs> no big no, no biggie. Big. yeah yeah I, yeah i don't know if we'll do one this week i think there is uh, there is a gin and juice one that's running tomorrow night if you haven't heard of that um but may, maybe next week we'll put one together um we've got what three weeks until midsummer night's con um and that'll be yeah It'll be, it'll be good. I mean, at the, at the very least, you know that Stefan will talk, right? Mm. He's, he's doing one of the keynotes and you and I will talk about apparently something for half an hour, right? Like secure code review, <laughs> right? Man, that's, um, yeah. yeah there's so so we, you and I need to talk about what we're going to talk about for half an hour. Yeah. No, I have some thoughts. Like, okay. You know, I've got some opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, other than that, right, like find us on Twitter. Um, we'll, we'll start posting out uh, some of the links for the, you know, the, the the different charities that you can donate to for Black Lives Matter and some of the protests that have gone on. Uh, and then we'll also start tweeting out you know, what people are doing to stay sane and actually to focus, because um, I think that's a good discussion to have. I remember running, you know, there was a Twitter thread, you know, a year ago or so that I ran on know, actually just maintaining sanity in general, like what is it that people do to, uh, to you know, to break away from tech for a little bit. And this is almost like the flip side of that is, Hey, when life gets you down, what do you do? Right. How do you, how do you maintain your sanity? And a lot of those answers could be the same, right? Like I know that I've picked up like running regularly again, because I have to, right? I've got to do something. So, yeah, exercise has been a big one for me. Reading has been a big one. Um, right now, I'm reading. Uh, man, I hope I don't butcher this. Homo de- Deus, I think. Uh, okay. 
It's by the same author who wrote Sapiens, A Brief History of Mankind. Oh, cool. um, so it's really interesting because the first book was about sort of how we like came up with money and how we came up with religion and how we even had civilizations that were no longer hunter gatherers and like how harvesting grain changed everything. And just all this interesting, fascinating stuff that like, I didn't really know about as well as like genetic information about how, cause I always thought like, Oh, we're just like Neanderthals who evolved. And that's not necessarily the truth. We're like an entirely different species, a mixture. We killed off the Neanderthals. So that book was yep. super fascinating and interesting. And uh, but then Homo Deus is like his follow up. Like that's where we've been. This is where we're going to go next. So he talks about, he, it's, it's actually funny. He opens the first book the chapter with we've beat war, famine and plague. In the midst of, and I read this in the midst of a plague. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Anyways, he talks about like where we're going next and some trippy stuff. It's super fun. So, uh, anyways, like reading cool. and exercising have been my outlet. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Well, I mean, we've we've been talking for an hour, so maybe we'll I cut know. it for today, and then we'll get back to tech stuff at some point, right? Like w- when it makes sense. Um, at the very least, Midsummer Night's gone, but that's three weeks away, so. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, find us online uh, and join that absolute AppSec Twitter or uh, Slack channel. Uh, I would love to have you. If you've got other things that you want to talk about, let us know and we'll do it next week. Cool. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Talk Thank to you. Thank you. Okay. Later.